0: You are listening to Of Gods and Governments, a podcast that explores the relationships between religion, philosophy, and the politics that affect our lives. I'm your host, Roger Prather. Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Of Gods and Governments podcast. I'm titling this first episode Introductions because I want to use it to give you an idea of what the podcast will aim for, who I am, and why I'm doing this. Of God's and Governments is also the title I've given to my blog, Shameless Promotion, which you can find by visiting rogerprather.net. That is r o g e r p r a t h e r. Dot net. I gave both the blog and this podcast that title for descriptive reasons. The things I write about and the things I'll be talking about in this podcast all in one way or another have something to do with the subjects of gods and governments. That is religion and politics, theology and policy, or some variation of their derivatives. More specifically, the things I write about and the things I talk about Tend to focus on how these two areas influence one another and how they relate to one another. But I don't just write about and talk about politics and religion, I also study them and their relationships. To give you an idea as to why, uh, maybe I should tell you a little more about myself. At the moment that I'm recording this, January 27th, 2023, I'm a doctoral candidate in the field of public policy. I'm currently in the middle of writing and researching my PhD dissertation. And the topic of that dissertation is the ways in which religious beliefs, specifically evangelical Christian beliefs, influence attitudes about climate change policy. Now, of course, I realize that probably doesn't sound terribly interesting to a lot of people, but I promise you it's more than interesting. The question I usually get asked if, and when the topic comes up is how I came to do this, what led me to the point where I would dedicate my time to connecting what one believes in a religious sense to how one thinks or acts when it comes to climate change politics. Now that story is a bit convoluted. And if I'm being honest, it's a bit bizarre. I was raised a Christian in the American South. My grandparents, like so many Southerners of their generation, were ethically and morally Christian in orientation, even if they were not avid churchgoers or devout in any sense of the term. All that changed when my grandmother got invited, sometime as far as I can remember, in the late 1940s or early 1950s, to a tent meeting revival put on by a traveling evangelist. That evangelist delivered a message about the end times a message that with extraordinary detail explained how just before the second coming of Jesus, believers, those who followed Jesus and trusted him, would be persecuted by their government, just like the apostles and early church were persecuted by the Roman empire. The reasons for that persecution would also be similar. It would be because the followers, the true followers of Jesus would refuse to go along with the public state endorsed religion. My grandmother, convinced of this preacher's message, compelled my grandfather to attend the remainder of the meetings. I'm not sure exactly how long the evangelistic meetings lasted, probably at least a week or two, but either way, by the end of those meetings, both of my grandparents, my maternal grandparents were convinced of the truth of this message. And they went on to become baptized members of the denomination that that preacher represented. The changes that this conversion brought about in my grandparents was profound. My grandfather almost immediately stopped smoking. They changed their diets. They changed their daily habits. They began attending church, not just regularly, but as it goes, religiously. Every week, rain or shine. My grandmother would go on to become a teacher in the church, not in a formal sense, but in a sort of mentoring sense to the younger people in the church and my grandfather as long as I can remember was an ordained deacon. Now my grandparents were simple farmers. My grandfather was born in the midst of World War I in 1917. My grandmother was born the same year that Hitler came to power in Germany 1933. My grandfather's highest level of formal schooling was fifth grade As he told the story to me when I was young, he came home from his last day of the fifth grade in the heat of the southern sun and was told by his father, boy, you will never have to go back to school again. You have learned all that you'll ever need to know to work on a farm. My grandmother's highest level of formal schooling was eighth grade. I don't know exactly why she never started high school, but I know that she was only 16 when she married my grandfather. So there's probably some connection there. And almost exactly nine months after their wedding, my oldest aunt was born. Either way, my relatively uneducated, simple farming grandparents, by the time I was old enough to care, had amassed an impressive library that consisted primarily of theological, and historical volumes. This made sense given their religious beliefs. If history was moving toward a particular end, that of Jesus returning in the midst of the political persecution of his church, then the two most important topics of study were theology and history. History to include, of course, political science and political history. Now, although there are more details, I'm not gonna go into all of them, Suffice suffice it to say this was the familial and religious milieu into which I was born and raised. I became a voracious reader at a relatively young age, and I consumed the theology, the history, and the politics of my grandparents' library. These subjects, theology, history, and politics, became my main intellectual interests, along with cognate areas like journalism and the news and the media. I also watched daily as my grandfather read three things without fail. Two newspapers, the Orlando Sentinel and the Florida Today, the weekly Bible study lesson of our denomination, and the King James Bible. By the time I was ready to set off for college, Religion and the social sciences were obviously, at least to me, the subjects I would study. Skipping over a lot of other details in history, when I was 33 years old, almost 11 years ago, I went through a major crisis in my life. This crisis led me to doubt and question all that I thought I knew religiously or otherwise, all of the values and beliefs and background that I imbibed in that library that belonged to my grandparents. I was lost during that period of my life in so many ways. And in my confusion, and my distress, I turned to the two things that I had always loved the most outside of my family, and that's books and writing. I read and I read and I read through this period of crisis. I read religion and philosophy and esotericism and everything in between. I also wrote about everything I read, and I did so in a desperate attempt to figure out, using all of this religion and philosophy, why these things, these bad things, this crisis in my life was happening. To be honest, I was on the verge of atheism, or at least agnosticism, and I was willing to accept any idea, any system of knowledge or belief that would help me explain to myself how my own circumstances had happened. That would help me understand how to proceed in my life. This is where it starts to get bizarre. In this position of open-mindedness, and open-mindedness in not always a good way, because I could have been convinced of almost anything at this point, so long as I thought it was helping me navigate this crisis in my life. At this point, I came across a curious ad on Facebook for, of all things, a UFO festival that was going to be held Labor Day weekend, 2012. Under the influence of a mentor, and out of pure boredom and curiosity, we'll say, I went, of course. Now, I went expecting to see schizophrenics wearing tinfoil hats and Indiana Jones-like independent researchers who were out to convince the world that extraterrestrials had made a covenant with Dwight Eisenhower or that they secretly ruled the world or something else along those lines. But what I found, much to my own surprise at the time, was a bunch of rational, rational sober-minded people who were investigating a phenomenon that I myself came to believe was very real. Again, skipping over a lot of the details, a few of those people's ideas and some of their research struck me, and it also stuck with me. One researcher was a professor of physics at a public university, and he gave a presentation about how one could make contact with UFOs using meditation techniques and these meditation techniques increased in efficacy when conducted in a group and the effects of this meditative technique made it clear that ufos were very much a spiritual and consciousness-based phenomenon another researcher detailed using classified documents or declassified documents and Freedom of Information Act requests, how the US government not only recognized the realities of UFOs and other paranormal phenomena, but how it also spent thousands of hours and millions of dollars researching these topics, in particular with an angle to finding out how and if they could be exploited for national security purposes. The final researcher that comes to mind The most famous of them all, because he had appeared on television to discuss the UFO issue, and in particular on the Ancient Aliens franchise, went over the details of his three volume published investigation into all the documented, verifiable encounters between UFOs and military. Not just the American military, but virtually every modern military in the world. Those are the three things that really stuck in my head when I left that. UFO Festival. And so I walked away from that festival convinced of three things. UFOs are in some sense real. UFOs are in some sense a religious or spiritual phenomenon. And finally, the US government and other governments knew both of those things, studied both of those things, and kept both of those things secret from their own populations. And that led me down a path of research that in some sense has never stopped. Again, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip over a lot of the details. The long and short of my UFO research phase is that through my study of UFOs as a spiritual phenomenon, I came to rediscover my Christian faith. Believe me, I know how weird that sounds. Believe me, I know how weird that sounds. But it's true. I didn't do this alone. Instead, I followed the research trails that had been trod by others before me in books and articles and podcasts and YouTube videos and so on. But in the end, amidst all of this weird research, I was still struggling with my own crisis point. What I was struggling with really in the end was what I came to find out was the problem of evil. I had questioned and nearly lost my faith because I was unable to answer the question of how God could be good and yet there could also be evil in the world. Specifically, of course, the evil that was happening to me in my own life. In my reading and writing and journaling, I struggled with this issue over and over and over again. And then one day in what seems in my memory like a flash of lightning, like a bolt that just came into my mind, suddenly I thought to myself, how do I know it is evil? how do I even know what evil is? This realization was made possible because of the research into religious philosophy that was prompted by my quest to make sense of UFOs, specifically to make sense of UFOs as a spiritual phenomenon. In other words, God used UFOs to draw me back to him. And I was drawn back to him by my realization that I could not possibly know what evil is unless I had a measure of goodness by which to compare it. And the moral of that story is that by a circuitous and bizarre route, I didn't just rediscover Christianity, but I discovered the heart of Christianity for the first time. Now, that's 2012-2013. Fast forward to 2018. My wife and I, are sitting and talking over lunch, and she casually mentions to me that because I'm a civil servant, and in 2018 when we had this conversation, I was at the halfway point of being able to retire from my civil service occupation, that I should start to think about what I want to do when my public service career is over. And I thought that was an interesting point. What am I going to do? So after prayer and contemplation, I decided that I wanted to go to graduate school and I wanted to study religion and philosophy. To be more specific, I wanted to study Christian apologetics because my quest to understand the problem of evil that was prompted by my own life crisis and my research into the spiritual side of UFOs led me to read a genre of Christian apologetics that I had never read or understood or studied before. And now having had that taste of Christian apologetics and religious philosophy and remembering and recalling how my study of those subjects had helped me through what at this point was the most difficult thing in my life. I wanted to study it more. So I had faith that were I to pursue a seminary education and apologetics, that God would lead me the rest of the way there, that that was my starting point that if I was going to embark on this quest to find out what I was going to do after my career in public service was over, that that's where I should start. And so that's what I did in 2018. I enrolled in a master's degree program in Christian apologetics at an evangelical seminary. And I ended up graduating in December of 2019, 18 months after I enrolled. And that's a feat I was able to accomplish because I took a full load every summer session in that time. Nevertheless, In that experience, I came to understand how worldviews and philosophical presuppositions affect our lives. The things we believe even, and especially even the things we believe unconsciously about the way that the cosmos is put together and the way that the world functions affects how we act in the world. For example, is the cosmos and by extension, the world naturally chaotic or on the other hand, is it ordered? are good and evil, right and wrong, objectively existing qualities of the world? Or do we, as it were, make up our own ideas about them? Is morality something to be discovered that exists out there? Or do we construct it piece by piece, generation by generation, cultural artifact by cultural artifact? These are questions that most people in their day-to-day lives fail to ask or answer. But even if we fail to recognize them or to ask them or to answer them, we all believe something about them. And what we believe and more to the point, what others believe, particularly what our leaders believe have real world consequences. Our social, political, and economic interactions are predicated on these beliefs. Our laws are predicated on these beliefs. In other words, our social, political, and economic interactions depend on answers we give to what are fundamentally religious questions. I realized this throughout my time in seminary, and I came to see that when it comes to answering these important metaphysical questions, one of the most consequential areas impacted by these answers or by the answers we give to them is politics. Now, when I first decided that I would continue graduate school after seminary, as I approached and ultimately reached the end of my master's degree program and decided that I wanted to pursue a PhD, I initially wanted to continue my studies in religion. And in particular, I was interested in things like historical Jesus research. Was Jesus an actual historical figure? Are the events recorded in the Gospels in the New Testament about his life historically accurate and how can we prove that they were accurate? But then looking back over my life history and the trajectory of my own intellectual development, my religious upbringing, my interest as a teenager and college student, my natural proclivities, my talents, I came to realize that what I needed to do was to find some sort of synthesis between all of them. My interest in politics, my interest in religion, my interest in history. Religion and politics are the topics we're not supposed to talk about in polite company. They're the topics we avoid at big family dinners. And they're also the topics we aren't supposed to mix. We're told we shouldn't allow our religion to influence our politics because somehow it makes them biased. somehow it affects freedom. But the truth is that all politics are religious. All politics are based on some particular worldview, some basic assumption about the way the world and the universe are constructed. And it can't be otherwise. Thinking about this and coming to this realization, I decided to withdraw an application to a biblical studies PhD program that I had applied to. And instead I applied to the political science department of the university where I earned my master's degree. I chose to stay in the university where I was because it was an evangelical, conservative evangelical Christian university and I knew that I would be able to, without interference or discouragement, pursue a course of study in political science, more specifically public policy, that was from an explicitly Christian perspective and that investigated these questions from an explicitly Christian worldview position. Now, at this point, again, January 27th, 2023, I'm nearing the completion of that stage of my journey. I'm in the middle of writing my PhD dissertation, as I said at the beginning, on the topic of how evangelical Christian beliefs influence climate policy attitudes. And When I'm finished, I'll have earned a PhD in Public Policy with a particular subject matter expertise in social and economic policy. But my real interest, what I would call my actual area of expertise, is the relationship between religious beliefs and political beliefs. And so what I want to communicate in my scholarship, in my writing, and in this podcast, is the fact that you cannot discuss the topic of government to include politics, policy, and economics without also inherently discussing the topic of gods. To think politically is to think theologically. As the mid 20th century, German theorist, Carl Schmitt, put it, quote, all significant concepts of the modern theory of the state are secularized theological concepts, end quote. That's from his book titled appropriately enough, political theology. This perspective is the one that I want to apply in this podcast. Of Gods and Governments is a podcast precisely about that. Gods and Governments. How they are related and why that matters. Now, all of that, by way of introduction, is what I have for now. Like my experiences researching UFOs, which led me to study apologetics, which led me to becoming, in some since a legitimate political scientist, I don't know where this journey will go exactly, either my scholarship journey or this podcast journey. But as should be obvious, I approach these topics from a Christian perspective. So where I go and how I will ultimately wind up is up to God and his son, Jesus Christ. To be honest with you, this has been a very bizarre journey so far. And I suspect it will continue to be, but we live as is increasingly evident in a bizarre world and it just gets more bizarre as the days go by. As you look out into public discourse, politics, and the culture, there are religious worldview level themes everywhere. And most of the people I suspect do not have the background or the foundations or the knowledge that they need to recognize the religious content of our politics and our culture. But it's important that, you know, and so that's really what I see as the purpose of this project is to educate, to teach to inform now, much of what I've talked about in this introductory podcast episode, I've also written about on my blog. I, As I've repeated multiple times, I've skipped over a lot of details, but I give some of those details in the blog posts that talk about the same events. So if you're interested in learning more about those details, you can visit that blog website. Again, it's my rogerprather.net and i will put a link to that blog in the description for this podcast episode that's all i have for now by way of introduction thank you for listening and i hope you'll continue to listen as new episodes are produced god bless <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode one of Gods and Governments, a podcast about theology, philosophy, and politics, and how they relate to one another in a way that affects our daily lives. For more, stay tuned, subscribe, and be sure again to visit the website rogerprather.net. See you next time.